Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. Earlier in the week, we're just kind of praying together. Just spending some time with God. And in that moment, isn't it great when God kind of speaks something that you, you don't actually want him to say? But when he says it, you realize it's what you needed him to say? That's because I'm not God and neither are you. He is. <laughs> and what God was saying is this. I am the Lord your light and I am the Lord your salvation. So who shall you fear? I am the stronghold of your life. So of whom should you be afraid? When any of your enemies or any of your foes, they try to attack you, they will stumble and they will fall. And even though an army may be besieging you, do not fear in your heart. Even if a war break out, how many of you know sometimes if you've got family, you're part of family, this is part of family, sometimes it can feel like there's a war breaking out. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Is that just me? It can feel like a war breaking out. Honest people in the room. And sometimes stuff happens like that. But like we've been reminded last week, we are in a war. There's a war to see people free. That they found God. That they found freedom. There is a war in the workplace. There is a war in our homes. How many of you know that Jesus has won that war? A couple of you have. Well, this is news for you then. This is good news for you. Is that Jesus has won the war. It says, even a war might break out. Even then, I will be confident. Why? Because there's just one thing I ask for. There's just one thing I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of my God and to seek Him in His temple. For in the day of trouble, He will. Say, He will. He will. He will. He will. will. That's a choice of His own volition. It's also a choice of His passion. He will. He will keep me safe. I mean, just consider that for a few moments. He will. He will keep me safe. In his dwelling. He doesn't keep me safe at arm's length. He doesn't keep me safe by sending flowers. He doesn't keep me safe by blowing me kisses. He doesn't keep me safe by sending me vlogs or no he keeps me safe where he is he wants to keep you safe where he is he wants you close close to him he will hide me in that shelter of his tabernacle and will set me upon a rock then my head will be exalted I found and you can find that when you just respond to Jesus, you find that you are higher than you ever thought possible. That you're not just looking up at life, saying, oh, what is going on? You're looking out over life, saying, God, you are so good. Does anybody have a clue what I'm talking about here? This is for some of you. Maybe it's for all of you. Is it, is it, God came, God sent Jesus so that we could see life from a different perspective. Hallelujah. Yes. 
At his tabernacle, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. Why wouldn't we? In the middle of your conflict, he is the conflict resolver. In the middle of your problem, he is the problem solver. In the middle of you dealing with physicality, he came to set you free from having those things. If you're dealing with financial pressure, he is our provision and he is our provider. If we're dealing with what's next for me, he is our guide and he also is the one who guides us. If you're wondering about, is my work, my life any value? He is the value of our life. He is. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call to you. Be merciful to me and answer me. Verse 13, I am confident of this. I will see. God wants you to leave this morning with this level of confidence. You might be looking at storms. You might be listening to waves. You might be perceiving tide change. You might be having the spray of conflict blowing in your face. You might be smelling the salt of kind of stuff coming. But God wants you to leave knowing I'm confident of this, that I will see. I will see. I will. It's determined. It's a fact. It's as though it's already happened because God has already made it happen. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living because as I wait for the Lord, I become strong in my heart as I wait for the Lord. Just close your eyes just a moment. Father, I want to thank you right now that you are the storm chaser. You are the chain breaker and you are the storm chaser. I want to thank you for people that have come here this morning and they've just been looking in the mirror of their life and wondering what is it all about that you speak to them right now and say you are what it's all about. For people that have just come in dragging stuff with them because they think they they need to or they deserve it or whatever. It's Father, break those chains. We break those chains in the name of Jesus. Fear, guilt. We break those chains. Upset, shame. We break those chains in the name of Jesus. You came that we would have life. And life in all of its fullness. In all of its fullness. You came, you came to give us life in all of its fullness, in all of its fullness. Let that sound kind of echo around the, 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 your mind right now. He came that you and I would have life and life in all of its fullness. Let that echo just get a, a crescendo. Let it become the, the loudest noise going on around your head. Yeah, he came that I would have life. He came to lift me up. He came to exalt me. He came to own me. He came to live, hallelujah, in me. Let that echo around your mind so that it shuts down every other niggle and nagger and voice and whisper. And it's like, shh, now shut those things down. Oh, Jesus. Instead 
your safe place. Trust in me, I am your safe place. I am your good, good father. I am your safe place. I will draw you near. I am drawing you near. Cause I bring a in my heart there's there's somebody here you've come and and you literally feel like you've been buried in the ground and forgotten God doesn't see you as buried he sees you as planted he doesn't see you as forsaken or forgotten but you are a growth potential God's planted you you've not been buried and left and forsaken he's put you where he's put you to produce for God it can all seem the same it's already dark it's already alone it's all a little bit scary it's a little bit like oh well you know whatever but God says no you're not buried you're planted don't look at the surroundings look at the seed you've been planted you've not been buried You've been planted. You've been sown. And through my spirit, through my word, through my presence with you, you will grow and you will produce much fruit. Fruit that will last. Hallelujah. So if that's from you, you just kind of receive that as an encouragement. That you're not buried, you're planted. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. been looking over these last few weeks and we're going to continue to look over these next few weeks about how did Jesus live and as I was just kind of thinking about this morning okay God what do you want to do Jesus said I want you to show a little bit about how I lived the Bible says that Jesus came full just say full. full that means there was no space for anything else he came full of grace and he came full of truth there wasn't any space in the life of Jesus for anything that was not grace and anything that was not true. He came full of grace and truth. But then it goes on and says, and he grew in the grace. That's incredible. It's incredible. Jesus wants to fill your life with grace. And we looked at grace a couple of weeks ago. What is grace? It means God gives me everything and I don't deserve any of it. He wants to love on us. 
wants to heal us, wants to become our provision, wants to become our guide. He wants to become our strength, our refuge. He wants to become all those things that we want to be, but you can't be. We just can't do it like Jesus can do it. He wants to be all of those things, but he also comes in truth. He isn't going to change what he said to suit what I think. He is truth. He is the truth. You all right up there? Is that your foot squeaking? All right. I was going to pray for you. We've got a few moments and then we're going to break bread together. Now, you may not be used to kind of breaking bread. You might be too used to breaking bread. I have no idea. Communion, the Bible calls it Eucharist, if you want to know what it is. But I'm just going to give you two more words which should become very real about what the bread and the cup means to me. It means fully committed. For the last couple of weeks, as I've, as staff, you know, we, we break bread every week at least. And I was just looking out over the table the other day and God said to me, that's what fully committed looks like. What do you mean? I went the whole way. I went right through. I didn't give up. I didn't waver. I didn't do less or more than God had told me to do. I was totally committed to the plan of God. Not just in terms of over the years, but over the moments of every one of those years. Nothing put him off. Nothing dissuaded him. The bread and the wine to me means fully committed powerful and then he said this to me he said do you think this is me not you do you think I had to put on a few pounds to defeat what I defeated do do you think me I had to come out with some newfangled weaponry to make every other knee bow to me I said I have no idea he said well look at it it was bread and it was wine powerful weapons in the hand of Jesus powerful weapons because he said he took the bread and he broke it and said this is my body his body is powerful it's powerful for you and it's powerful for me then he said and he took the cup and he said this is the blood That, that, that blood is extremely powerful there's like weapons and a whole new way for me and I'm hoping for some of you here It was the simplicity of Jesus' obedience that was his greatest weapon. Come on. It was the simplicity of Jesus just following the truth. In the power of God, the Holy Spirit, it was the simplicity of Jesus saying, not my will but yours. Not my will but yours. The simplicity of obedience was the greatest weapon that Jesus had, I think. Yes, he prayed. Yes, he did. All of that. But it all came out of, my life is not my own. It belongs to the one who sent me. Scripture's going to come up on the screen, so if you haven't got a Bible, it's fine. If you don't even have a Bible, it's fine. Jesus said this in John 14, 6 and 7. 
I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, then you'll know the Father who sent me as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. What does that mean? I mean, Jesus knew who had sent him. He was like the one who had sent him. Now, I could do all kinds of clever things with chairs in a minute. I'm not going to do that. The Father wants you to know him. Not as some funny guy with a big beard who's a bit fed up with people, but as a loving, generous, faithful God that has a divine plan for every one of us. That has a divine purpose for every one of us. Part of our kind of our, our discipleship, part of how we want to invest in you is and we want you to know God. Not know church or not know religion, but know God. We want you to know God. We want you to know the freedom that comes out of knowing God. We want you to find the freedom that comes out of knowing the Holy Spirit sent by God. And then we want you to know why you're here. Why are you here? I've no idea. Some of you are here because you're visiting. Great. We love you. Thank you. But there's a bigger reason. You're here because God has a purpose for your life. You are the seed in the hand of God and God wants to plant you somewhere and prosper you somewhere and cause you to grow and be fruitful, abundantly fruitful, the Bible says. Your greatest years are ahead of you. They're not behind you. That was just to get us ready for today. Hallelujah. Your greatest years are ahead of you. Jesus is good, isn't he? And in John 14, 9 and 10, this is an answer to Philip. Philip says, well, if, if, we can, if, if you've seen the Father, then show us the Father. I want to see God like you see God. And Jesus just reinforced, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. I say to you, I don't speak any words of my own. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. That's pretty powerful. So the first chair, if you like, imagine there's a chair here. That chair is God the Father. The second chair, it's exactly the same as the first one, is Jesus. If you sin me, you sin the Father. And then the third one. John 14, 12 and 14. I tell you, whoever believes in me will do what I've been doing because I'm in the Father. And I will do whatever you ask. Just imagine this third chair is you. First chair on the floor is the Father. The second one on top of it is Jesus. The third one is you. Jesus wants you to sit on the chair of his life. That's why rest is part of restoration. Come on. Rest from your own effort. Why? Because fully commitment means not my will but yours. Not my attitude, but yours, God. Not my words, not my words, but your words that you give me. And then one more chair appears. John 14, 16 to 17. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. And that's the fourth chair. First one is God the Father. I want people to know me. So I'm going to send Jesus. Second chair is Jesus. Jesus. 
if you send me, you've sent the one who sent me. The third chair is you. When you give your life to Jesus, he puts you on that chair. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, he's made a space for you. He saved you a chair. He saved a chair for you and he saved you for a chair. Come on, Margaret. Because Jesus is saviour. That's what he does. He saved a seat saying, come on, give your life to me. You can sit there. And then fourthly, and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Now, when you picture all of these, we've got four chairs. You're not at the bottom and you're not at the top. You're right in the middle. It's like a you sandwich. That was funny, wasn't it? It's like a you sandwich. But then it should be. Paul, one of the greatest Christian leaders of his generation, said, it's, it's not me, it's Christ in me. He got it. He got it. He said, I can rest, but I can also do the things of God. I can sit, but I can also walk. Is this making any sense to you? This is not the message that I really had, but it's God's message, and it's much better. Thank you. Love you. You're so like your parents. Luke 5, 31 and 32 said this, and this is Jesus speaking to people, people that have challenged him, people that have began to challenge his motives, people that have began to challenge some of his actions. Jesus said, it's not the healthy you need a doctor, it's the sick. I've not come to call the people that think they've got it all together, but sinners. Jesus knew how he'd come, Jesus knew why he'd come and Jesus knew who he'd come for and it's you and it's me John 7, 6 and 8 says this we're going to finish with this before we just respond to what God is saying to us Jesus said to them my time isn't yet here for you any time will do the world cannot hate you but it does hate me because I testify that its works are evil you go and enjoy yourselves I'm not going to enjoy myself like that because my time has not yet come Jesus knew who had sent him he knew who he was he knew what he'd come for he knew who he'd come for he knew what to do and he knew when to do it put all of those things together and how do you live like that do you want to know how to do that is there any other honest people in the room apart from me do you want to know how to do that give your life to Jesus you might be sitting there thinking well I made a commitment once yeah but are you fully committed because I don't know about you but I found the more and more I find the grace of God in my life and the more and more truth I realise I just need to give that to God because I've taken that back. Especially you guys that are starting on the freedom journey. Man, you're going to get, your brain is going to get rewashed and rewired because it's full of the Bible. It's full of truth. Which is why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Let's all stand together, shall we? Is that okay? You've been sat down for ages. I've been stood up for ages. That seems fair. You guys have been brilliant. You've been up there for like, since last week, right? 
It's amazing. Lucy was six foot four when she turned up. Hallelujah. It's good to see the young guys coming back in. Come on, guys. Good to see you. But part of our response in these next few moments, and you can respond, bring your kids with you if you've got them. There's a challenge that God put into my heart, and I just want to share it so that you can respond is, do you really want to live for Jesus? It's a question. When I first heard God speak me that to me, it was like, well, I do, but... I don't know if you know that it's only goats that but sheep just do it. So here's the question. Do you really want to live for Jesus? Right. Because there is no condition on the question. The condition is yes. <laughs> then you will spend the rest of your life saying yes. <laughs> That's how it works. Jesus just said yes. Go there. Yes, Lord. Go there, yes, Father. Go there, yes, Father. Go there, yes, Father. Father, I want to thank you right now that you help us in these days and weeks to live more like you than we ever thought possible. That, Lord, you help us in our minds to begin to think like you. That all things are possible. That you help us in our heart to believe God like you believe God. With my Father, all things are possible. That you help us to give entirely our life to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So that we know, Holy Spirit, you are the one that does everything. And as we break the bread right now and as we receive the cup right now, let us be encouraged that you are fully committed to helping us be fully committed. That you are totally committed to helping us live totally committed. Father, I just thank you for everyone here that is sick. We break that condition, that infirmity off their lives. It stays in the chair. That as they come forward, they step into your life, your truth and your way anyone that's just got mental issues just stuff going on we just thank you that your body and your blood silence those and bring peace to those we thank you that you offered up your body and said this is my body and the father said yeah that's good enough then you offered up your blood and said this is my blood and your father said and that is more than enough and as we receive the bread, as we receive the cup right now, we receive the more than enough from God. That you are everything that we need for life and for godliness. Give us the grace to approach the throne of grace where we can receive mercy, freedom, health, healing, provision, relationship, restoration, repair. All is in Christ. Let's just lift our hands for a moment. So we've already done that. If you can do that, that'd be great. But Father, right now we receive of this grace. We receive of your best. We receive of your favor. We receive of your love. We receive of your total obedience. We receive of your total commitment. 
Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.